The biter bit, the hawk under the eagle's foot, the spider in a steel web. How long, I wonder, has he been constrained to come often to his glass for inspection and instruction, and the orthanc stone so bent towards Baradur that if any save a will of adamant now looks into it, it will bear his mind and sight swiftly thither, and how it draws one to itself. Have I not felt it? Even now my heart desires to test my will upon it, to see if I could not wrench it from him and turn it where I would, to look across the wide seas of water and of the time to Tyrion the fair and perceive the unimaginable hand and mind of Fanner at their work, while both the white tree and the golden were in flower. He sighed and fell silent. I wish I had known all this before, said Pittman. I had no notion of what I was doing. Oh, yes, you had, said Gandalf. You knew you were behaving wrongly and foolishly, and you told yourself so, though you did not listen. I did not tell you all this before, because it is only by musing on all that has happened that I have at last understood, even as we ride together. But if I had spoken sooner, it would not have lessened your desire, or made it easier to resist. On the contrary, no, the burned hand teaches best. After that, advice about fire goes to the heart. The Way Lesser Inklings podcast attempts to pay homage to the great writers, thinkers, and philosophers of the 20th century known as the Inklings, and to try to inspire a love for reading literature and finding the good, the true, and the beautiful in the written word. Welcome back to the Way Lesser Inklings. We have, well, I should start with the right thing. My name is Josh Rice. I'm one of the hosts, and uh, it's, it's like we hadn't done this a few times. And with me is my brother Jake. Say hey, Jake. Hey. Yep. So... Now to the part I was going to say, we have arrived at the the last chapter of book three, and the chapter is called the Palantir. I think this is a this is a tough one. He he really ends this book on a on a note, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's a very strange chapter compared to a lot of them we read. But before we get too far into that, because I am going to have to uh, restrain myself here, Jake, as is customary, won't you? Yeah. Won't you give us the, the narrative flow? Yeah. This may be one of the longer narratives that we've had in quite a while. Um, and really because it's, again, I think it's one of those chapters that has these little, like if you were doing a play, like you'd have several curtain drops <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> as you shift the scene. And so I think to try and be high level with it is like we have these scenes where um, right at the beginning, there's this tiny little scene where they ride back out of Isengard and the white hand is thrown down. Um, and so, and there's a comment, Gandalf says the ants pay attention to every detail, mm-hmm. right? So they've, they've thrown down essentially the emblem of, of Saruman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move on and there's, and then there's these little, uh, kind of like character scenes where there's Mary and Gandalf are together riding. Mary's asking questions and kind of trying to get at Gandalf. And, you know, it's, and for us to, re- to remember too, that Gandalf and Mary, like, this is kind of their first encounter right? since Gandalf has come back. And Mm -hmm. so Mary's doing a little digging, um, but also just trying to figure out what's going on. So we have a scene there. We also, and then from, we move from there to Mary and Pippin uh, laying in bed with Pippin being restless and not being able to sleep. Uh, We find out it's his desire to look into the Palantir. And then from there we have Pippin alone as he's, fumbling around trying to get hold of the Palantir out of the <laughs> the clutches of Gandalf in his <laughs> in his eye-opening sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have, uh, yeah, we have a scene. So Pippin looks into the Palantir, and then there's a scene with Gandalf and Pippin. Mm-hmm. Um, Gandalf kind of trying to call him back. Um, and then there's a scene where Gandalf gifts the Palantir to Aragorn, and there's some conversation there, I think. And then, then we have a Nazgul fly over the camp, <laughs> right? Um, and that sort of ushers us into this spreading back out where Gandalf kind of says, "Everybody needs to go now." They were going to wait till the dawn, um, so he's going to break with Pippin. So this last scene is him and Pippin alone riding towards uh, Minas Tirith, and everyone else is to make for Helm's Deep. Um, and so that kind of gets us there. I think it's longer because like each of these little scenes are, are important. Um, I think, you know, you had, you had pegged the theme this time. And so I'll let you take on, uh, take that on. Yeah. I, I think there's some hints pretty quick. I, I think actually the line you read at the very start where it says where the white hand was thrown down and the ints pay attention to every detail. 
I think that's the part where we leave kind of the the physical external battle of Isengard and what was going on in the last chapter, which was an external voice where Saruman was talking. We were not talking about people's internal stuff. It was all on the surface. It was all out there. And then from that point on, this chapter goes into, I think, I think two lines that are crossing each other. You have mystery and unveiling, and then you have um, internal desires that that we're blind to or that we don't quite understand. And the common denominator in that theme, because because in this in this thing, Sauron is trying to figure out what's going on. It's all shrouded in mystery. And Gandalf is trying to keep everything a mystery from Sauron. But at the same time, the kind of the the juxtaposition of that is that Gandalf is the character in this that is shining a light on all of the internal thoughts of other characters. And he kind of in some ways, as a type, he kind of acts like the Holy Spirit in this chapter in that he reveals truth by the way he questions, by the way he encourages and exhorts. That's really that's really obviously the case with Pippin. But I think there's mm-hmm. hints of that with Aragorn also. And so mm-hmm. Gandalf is kind of our he's, – he's our eyes into the hearts of other people because Gandalf can voice his own internal monologue – and he does that, and he shines a light on the others. So it's mm. kind of trippy that way. And it, and it, to me, this chapter, more than any of them we've read so far, this chapter really reminds me of the style of writing that's in the book Crime and Punishment, that, mm. which I, I said in a recap, that's on like the Mount Rushmore. I, I think it's one of the absolute greatest works of fiction ever written. And this chapter really reminds me of it because it's all about it's all about an internal dialogue and it's all about temptations and it's all psychological. And Mm -hmm. so Tolkien tries his hand at it and, and it's really fascinating. It's hard to get Mm -hmm. your, it's kind of hard to get your fingers into it though. You know, it's kind of hard to get a grip when you're doing it, doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of my comment when we were pre-gaming, this has probably been one of our longer pre-games in a while too. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I felt like, I felt like the whole chapter is like there's these little themes that are knocking, but they're never they're not there's not a full blown theme, or at least there's not one that's really easy to get at. Mm-hmm. There's there's lots of little things that are kind of knocking at, it. and I think what you pegged with with Gandalf kind of being the light that uncovers the turmoil, or that you know mm-hmm. I think moves everybody towards truth. Mm-hmm. It does make make a lot of sense. Yeah, so it's probably a good transition to jump right into the the first conversation because it happens right off the bat, like this this thing I'm talking about. Because when Mary's going to ride with Gandalf, they're on the horse. Mary gets the lucky spot because now he's going to pester Gandalf with questions. And, mm-hmm. and Mary says, I don't know how you feel with small ragtag dangling behind you, but the ragtag is tired and will be glad to stop dangling and lie down. So what Mary doesn't realize that he's done is that he has revealed an internal hurt that he's got going on. And he does it in a joking way, kind of the way the hobbits do. do. And Gandalf does not act subtly this time. He goes right at it. He says, so you heard that. Don't let it rankle. Be thankful no longer words were aimed at you. He had his eyes on you. If it's any comfort to your pride, I should say that at the moment, you and Pippin are more in his his thoughts than all the rest of us. Mm -hmm. So what Gandalf does is he basically says... Don't worry, don't worry about how important you are to this wicked person. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let it rankle yeah. on you. Don't don't right. think that your luggage a ragtag that's being brought around. Yeah, yeah. The the seeds that he's he's sown are right are thorns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Like Saruman doesn't desire to harvest anything good out of you know out of the hobbits. So. It, all, all he can try to do is to is to choke him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny because at the in the last chapter, Gandalf basically laughed, like belly laughed at what Saruman said, you mm-hmm. know. And and here Gandalf kind of carries that on. He says, he says that it, a sneer from Saruman is a compliment if you feel honored by his concern. I think I think there's a little bit of a play on both of them is that you know Saruman is so given over to wickedness that him disliking you as a badge of honor, but then he almost, he, he stings Mary a little bit and he says, if you feel honored by his mm-hmm. concern, because really what Mary is doing is, is he's, 
he's dabbling with having this kind of pride, right? Like mm-hmm. his his pride's wounded by this wicked person calling him ragtag. And Gandalf mm-hmm. just, you know, the way a good friend does, Gandalf just exposes it right off the bat and and doesn't let it doesn't let it sit there. And then and then we have a great line because because yeah. after that, Mary says, Mary says, well, it's great honor to dangle at your tail. Because I can now put a question to you a second time. Are we riding far tonight? And then Gandalf <laughs>, laughs again. Yeah. And I think this is a key quote. He says, a yeah. most unquenchable hobbit. All wizards should have a hobbit or two in their care to teach them the meaning of the word and to correct them. The, mm-hmm. the meaning of what word? The meaning the word. unquenchable, right? Mm. And, and I think right here what we're going to see is that Gandalf understands that it's good to have foils to your plan. I guess the good guy, you need to have people that can seemingly be a roadblock with their questions, but it stops. Mm -hmm. And it, because this, this conversation was about pride, right? And Gandalf's basically saying like, Saruman would have been a lot better off if he'd had somebody asking him unquenchable questions about how far they're going to ride tonight. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a difference between them. It is. Yeah. And, um, I think it's it's really fascinating too, and it's like so. Then Gandalf gives him, you know, he says, "Well, he tells he gives the answer, but then he gives a lot more." And mm-hmm. and then Mary's response then is, "Nothing or a double helping is your way." <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I was not looking beyond tonight's bed. And then you know, there's there's a couple other kind of things to go by, but it's it's yeah, I think it's just in this moment where like Gandalf's response. I, there was two things I really loved about this. First is is Mary's unquenchable spirit, and for him, even in like his mission, like we talked about mission a lot. His mm-hmm. mission was to to get to the bottom of are we riding far tonight, <laughs> right? And 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 even in this small funny way, he couldn't be shaken off of <laughs> off of his mission. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think that's that's maybe why Gandalf laughs? I think so because he's really displaying the exact same kind of tenacity that Gandalf has. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, and then the nothing or a double helping. It's like, so you gave me nothing the first time, and then you gave me way more than I cared to know the second time. <laughs> it is, but it's also, I think I, I think it's cool because, as we said earlier on, this, um, you know, this is kind of the first real interaction, private interaction between Mary and Gandalf, and, and, and yet there's that underlying trust there. Um, and while... I do agree with you that there's some rebuke in taking heed to the words of the evil man. You know, there's still a lot of trust in, in the candor that exists Mm -hmm. between them. Yep. Um, And that's a really powerful thing. And I think it's just one of those underlying themes, you know, one of the, a couple of things that we've talked about repeatedly with friendship being absurdly valuable to the fight Mm -hmm. and the trust of friendship that comes along with it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a gentle ribbing. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not a sharp rebuke. It kind of reminds me, of, you know, at work, um, Chad and I at work, we, we kind of have this internal accountability about not eating a bunch of nonsense. And I remember one time I, I had a rough morning, and I was going to comfort myself wrongfully by going and getting a double quarter pounder. And I remember, like, I knew he was in there, so, like, I got in my car, went, and then I, like, kind of snuck in my classroom and ate it in the dark. <laughs> and, and and all of that was to avoid a little gentle ribbing. So even though yeah. even though it's not a harsh rebuke, it does, it is a way, like, Saruman had none of that. And I think that's kind of what's on display, because Gandalf says, mm-hmm. like, every wizard should have one, because wizards are prone to just do their own thing. And, mm-hmm. and think that they're the wisest and not listen to anybody. And Gandalf's very different from that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, and I think this section ends, this section ends with this mystery that Gandalf's trying to uncover that he will in short order. And that is that he understands that ha- somehow Saruman and Sauron were communicating with each other, but mm-hmm. he doesn't really know how. But then he, he ends this interaction by saying, Sauron's going to be looking impatiently towards Saruman for information. And he says, the less it sees, the less Sauron sees, the better. And that's mm-hmm. going to kind of, that's that's going on with how the movements, they're moving at night, they're moving in right. smaller groups. They're, they're trying not to show anyone that there's a, there's a big army on the move, yep. essentially. And, and I think 
that's an interesting thing because we would usually associate secrecy with the enemy. And I think Tolkien in a little way is turning that kind of on its head that, that you're allowed to use tactics. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a time, there's a time for secrecy, you know, Mm -hmm. in the service of good strategy and trying to save lives and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And I think, well, and I think there's, you know, there is another, um, I think we we're going to come upon it soon, but there's, there's a difference too between, secrecy and like secrecy between what's supposed to be a community and secrecy in in battle or, or against an enemy right because he talks right. he does talk about saruman had the palantir and when it when it's uncovered what what we're dealing with that saruman has the palantir and told no one mm-hmm. and he's you know yep. in in yeah and that was a wicked thing to do it was a wicked thing to do in some sense he's accountable to the to the white council mm-hmm. um and you know, and the idea being that they're at work against against Sauron, and mm-hmm. so for him to hide that suggests that there's there's little trust, there's a, and a lot of arrogance, mm-hmm. um, and and those are the types of things like when we're supposed to be on a common objective together, like secrecy breaks the community and breaks the objective. Mm-hmm. So then we then we move to the the Merry and Pippin deal, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So basically guards are set, everybody's eaten and they're trying to go to sleep. So they they're in blankets and Pippin's tossing and turning. Mm-hmm. And man, I th- I think this is a really good kind of prelude to I think what's the most powerful stuff in this chapter. And that is that Mary Mary starts to Mary out of concern, you know, and also this culture, right? Like they kind of mm-hmm. gently rib each other, right? Yeah. Mary Mary asks him like, "What's wrong with you? Are you laying on an anthill?" Mm-hmm. And and Pippin says, no, but I'm not comfortable. I wonder how long it is since I slept in a bed. So let's identify real quickly. What is Pippin doing here? Even though he doesn't know he's doing it, right? He's mm-hmm. obfuscating, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Pippin, Pippin knows darn well why he's tossing mm-hmm. and turning. And even though he's yeah. blind to what's really going on, in his conscience... He really does understand, like this is this is probably something I don't want to just come out and talk about, right? So mm-hmm. this is the yeah. secrecy going on. Yeah, and Mary kind of keeps working him, mm-hmm. you know, because he's like, okay, it, it, it's funny because I think Mary's uh, responses are kind of snappy, but they're they're right. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well then count it on your fingers, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you know how long since we left Lorien and. You know, he says, no, I mean a real bed. And, you know, Mary's like, well, in Rivendell. So just figure it out and go to sleep. <laughs> right. And then the very interestingly, Tolkien says, Pippin says softly now. He says softly, you had the luck, Mary. You were riding with Gandalf. Mary says, what of it? And Pippin mm-hmm. says, did you get any news, any information out of him? And this would usually be like, this is kind of the, like they tell each other, you know, they're kind of working together, kind of like the conspiracy unmasked chapter way back. It's like they're mm-hmm. they're working on the same team. And and so Mary tells him, like, Gandalf wasn't talking quietly. You were riding right beside me. You probably heard most of it. Like, I'll mm-hmm. catch you up on it tomorrow. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And and Pippin yeah. probes a little more, right? And, and Pippin says, he's close, isn't he? He's not changed mm-hmm. at all. You can see that Pippin's driving at something. And what and this is subtle, right? What he's subtly doing is he's attacking the truth, mm-hmm. you know, because Mary's just told him, like, I got a lot out of him. And Pippin's mm-hmm. like, eh, you didn't get that much out of him, did you? Mm-hmm. And Mary says, oh, he's way different. And now he's mm-hmm. starting to wonder, like, what's yeah. going on here? Because this is weird, right. right? So do you want me to keep yeah. going or do you want to take it over? Yeah, no, I, I either way is fine. I, I think I, always, I chuckle at this line, you know, so, yeah, so in this process, Pippin reveals his hand you know uh he says that glass ball he seemed mighty pleased with it and Mm. yet you know he knows or guesses something but does he tell us what no not a word he just picks it up says yes i'll take that my here i'll take that my lad and so i just he says uh i wonder what it is you know it felt so very heavy and mary's response is hello (laughs) so that's (laughs) so that's what's bothering you you know so the so the truth has been laid bare in Mm -hmm. the conversation 
Yep. You know, and, and it's, it's Mary, it's interesting because it's Pippin being vague and, uh, and like you said, obfuscating Mm -hmm. and Mary just kind of driving the truth constantly. Yep. Like, no, this is what he said. Mm-hmm. You know, no, count it on your hands. Yeah. Yep. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and Pippin does two things here, right? First of all, Pippin's is, it, this reminds me so much of Boromir, right? Because Pippin is saying mm-hmm. this stuff, like he's recounting what Gandalf says kind of in a petulant way. And it says his voice is very low as if he was talking to himself. And Boromir was doing an awful lot of that. You know, back when he was great river when mm-hmm. he was about to take the ring. So Tolkien again, like he you should remember that. He's starting to give you this kind of thing. He's telling you what's about to happen, right? Just like Boromir yeah. was gonna try to take the ring. Like Pippin's gonna try to take the Palantir. Mm-hmm. And and then this thing, he he does this thing. I, I it grieves me because I hear it myself so many times in my life. Cause you know, Mary quotes Gildor, he says this quote that Gildor said that Sam used to quote, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards for they are subtle and quick to anger. Good advice. Like, mm-hmm. Hey Pippin, if you want to see that stone, you're probably going to have to go take it out of Gandalf's hands. And uh, I wonder how that's going to go over. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and what Pippin does and this is, you can see that the temptation has turned into death at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. The dragon is awake. Pippin says our whole life for months has been one long meddling in the affairs of wizards. I should like a bit of information as well as danger. I should like a look at that ball. Mm-hmm. And I think Mary does the exact right thing. Yeah, you know, He says, go to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't do that. Don't, yeah. Please don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote down, so like when Pippin, you know, he says, what's the harm in my telling you that I should take a look? And it, it doesn't help much to get more no more from you than a you can't have it go to sleep mm. and i wrote in my notes that that's precisely what he should say yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's what that's what mary does say he says what else could i say i'm sorry you really have to wait till the morning yeah <laughs> yeah i'll help any way yeah. i can at wizard wheedling <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and i think absolutely and i think there's a couple things like a couple things that come to mind is even even in a situation like this mary's not saying not Mary's not being inflammatory in any way. Nope. He's just telling he's he's giving good counsel and truthful counsel. And it just and this is what happens when sin enters the fold is that it stings. Yep. The truth yeah. stings. Yep. And it's it's the thing it's the thing that you want that's not right for you to have. Whether it's mm-hmm. and it, and it always gets triggered by something. With with this one that the temptation entered in when Pippin touched the Palantir when when it was thrown down, and what sh- what he should have done here, and what he's going to get ready for is he should march directly to Gandalf right now and tell him what's going on, mm-hmm. and that that would be that would be how you put the the temptation to death. That's how you mm-hmm. kill it. But what Pippin does is exactly the opposite, and and so so unfortunately, this is often mm-hmm. how temptation gives way to sin which gives birth to death you know as as james said because what pippin does is he gets completely obsessed you know and now now it goes from he's been cloaking it in this thing like i'd love to have information like i'm so curious about this thing and now now it's going to go to more like you know i'm I'm just gotta have it like by Mm -hmm. any means necessary in fact i'm going to start scheming on how to get it it says that the thought of the dark globe seemed to grow stronger as all grew quiet. And I, I think I think everybody can relate to this, right? Where you have that thing. I, I usually call it like an itching. You know, there's mm-hmm. this there's this thought, and you can diagnose it right away, if you're being honest. Like, this is something I can't do, or this is something I can't have. And if you don't if you don't take steps to slaughter it right then, to kill it, then this is exactly what happens, is it seems to get weight. Right. It seems to and, and what it does, Tolkien, it's definitely not an accident here that he says he felt again its weight in his hands. That's mm-hmm. the sensuality, right? Mm-hmm. He is he's visualized it, the dark globe, he's seeing it, now he's remembering how it feels. And so yep. this temptation is sprouting into just full fledged, you know, fire, essentially. Mm-hmm. And and he even he even alludes to that. He saw again the mysterious red depths into which he looked. 
this is like this recalls Adam and Eve, right? That what they wanted was this deep knowledge. Like they they mm. wanted wisdom that they didn't have. They wanted a thing that was hidden, you know, that was a mystery to them that was not theirs to take. And he just and now it says like futile, right? Because mm-hmm. he's beyond this. He says he tossed and turned and tried to think of something else. And this is the key here. Like yeah. Pippin Pippin knows he's doing something wrong. But like so many of us, not thought your own with. It's just this is important, right? And I'm a pastor, yeah. so here we go, right? <laughs> we have to understand that trying to think about something else is not how you win this battle. Mm-hmm. It, when it gets to this point, like this is the last chance, right? When you get to this point, you have got to do something more drastic than that. Like you gotta, you gotta go lay it on the table, and take it and, and tell somebody so you can kill it because mm-hmm. Pippin's not going to be able to do that, you know? Yeah. And so here we go. Right. You get the, you yeah. get the sad story. Do you, yeah. And it's probably good for you to tell it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So there's basically, he creeps around in the dark, um, you know, goes over to, um, to where Gandalf is sleeping and sees a bundle you know, so he's not even a hundred percent sure that the bundle is, mm-hmm. you know, is what he thinks it is. But at this point, he's he's so driven by his his lust for the thing that that doesn't even matter. Like it's mm-hmm. close enough, and so he pulls the he pulls the Indiana Jones on it and <laughs> <laughs> and rolls the stone. Uh, up in the cloth and swaps it out. <laughs> it rubs his face a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then yeah. So so he takes he takes the stone uh, and slinks off. And so no, it's not even not you know not enough that he's slunk around in the dark to take it. Then he mm-hmm. slinks off in the dark to hide with it. Yep. Um, which is just like it's it's a. It's the greatest evidence of a shameful act. Yep. Yep. You got to do it in the dark, hiding mm-hmm. it, like yeah. sneaking around, heart pounding, right? Like yeah. how many things should we do and be doing where our heart's <laughs> pounding, right? And you can all, you can feel it. Like, like I say, to, it's a hard thing. Like I can, I know, like you can feel your heart throbbing in your ears, basically, like this, this internal tension. Because it says that, he thought for a second maybe it's not the stone, and it says he has a strange sense of relief. Like even though he sinned here, like maybe he doesn't end up going all the way with it. But I think Tolkien is telling us a story and a metaphor here, and he is going to go all the way with it. And and so it's the perfect it's the perfect metaphor for sin because mm-hmm. all he wanted to do was look at the stone and maybe get some wisdom. And what he gets is basically where sin takes you. I mean, yeah. You you just descend into the complete depths of getting grabbed, right? Can't get yeah. out. He gets completely right. caught, and that's the language that's used, right? Yeah, <laughs> closer. Yeah, so when he looks, you know, he struggled, remained bent, clasping the ball closer and closer, and then became rigid. Mm. His lips moved soundlessly for a while, and then with a strangled cry, he fell back and lay still. You know, and the cry was piercing because it's quiet and, you know, and I think probably a little somber in the camp because they are trying to be stealthy. Like there's only two guards on the watch Mm -hmm. amongst, I think probably, what was it, about 30? I think they had had 25 men. Yep. Plus our, the other guys. Yeah. And I I do want. It's a small party. I do want to park it here real quick comment that when, when Pippin grabs the ball, the, the stone and looks in it. It says that as everything keeps spinning, like he's disoriented, and then it says all the lights went out. Mm-hmm. I want to park it there because I want to just put that as a note because we're going to come back to it. I think there's a theme, and, I man, I think it's just one of those really subtle breadcrumbs that Tolkien is using here. So I, I want to say it there so I can draw attention to it later. Lights go out, and then, yeah, yeah. He, he cries. And then, I don't man – I just love Gandalf so much, uh-huh. right? Because immediately, right? Gandalf, yeah. Gandalf is the perfect blend, I think, of like truth telling, but also compassionate. He he really is pastoral here, mm-hmm. right? He yeah. He says this is the thief. <laughs> it's almost, right. almost like he can't believe it, right? Yeah. 
And he says, but you, Pippin, this is a grievous turn to things. And he really was afraid, right? He's looking at him, you know, yeah. the, what devilry has he done? And and Gandalf is afraid. It says that his face is drawn and haggard. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's not only afraid of what Pippin could have done, he's afraid for Pippin himself. Like, this could have right. been the death of him. Right. Sauron, Sauron very easily could have killed him through this encounter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, right, and then, and I think there's a lot of things happening that that kind of unravel for us, because all, all in this moment, I think Gandalf's putting the pieces together of what's happened, mm-hmm. what, you know, like what he's looking at. You know, he quickly says, the devilry, what mischief has he done to himself and to all of us? Mm. You know, and so it's it's that, it's that, okay, he knows, he knows that he's had an encounter that's, right, that's beyond his skill, beyond his ability, Pippins, that is. Yeah. Um, and that's a dark deed. And and then I think all the, like, the connection to Isengard is clicking in. The danger mm-hmm. of what Pippin knows is drawing in, right? Yeah, because know. Pippin knows everything, right? <laughs> exactly. You know the and yeah, and even the danger of of you know we find like of Gandalf's presence himself, like all of these things that Theoden's army is mustering. Like, there's a lot of there are a lot of pieces here. Like, mm-hmm. Pippin would be like a, a Pippin's a spy that does not need to be captured, <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, it, it, it's it's very interesting because Pippin. I don't know. You kind of see this this battle, right? There's there's this thing like what what's happened is Pippin has fallen into sin, and he's mm-hmm. been he's been clutched in it, like he's been grabbed. He can't get out because mm-hmm. what he does is he stands up, right, and he he basically speaks for Sauron. He says, "It's not for you, Saruman." Mm-hmm. I will send for it at once. Do you understand? Say just that. And it says he's trying to get escape. It says, but Gandalf held him gently and firmly. Peregrine mm-hmm. took, come back. Mm-hmm. And it says immediately that Pippin relaxed and fell back. And he's mm-hmm. he's clinging to Gandalf's hand. And the first yeah. thing he says, man, it should be the cry, the cry of every Christian, right? The mm-hmm. the first thing he says is, forgive me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really and, it is. and Gandalf's response to forgiveness is what every Christian who's hearing forgiveness, like, please forgive me. Gandalf's response is the right one. Yeah. Tell me what you've done. Yeah, right. Because there's yeah. no cheap it, forgiveness in Christianity. Forgiveness, forgiveness has cost a lot. Right. Mm, it's assured. Right. It's guaranteed. But it was costly, and mm. and we don't we don't get to give cheap psychological forgiveness mm. forgiveness is a transaction you have to repent you have to yeah you have to come clean with what you did yeah that's a that's a really powerful thing and i think yeah i think you know the power of of naming the thing explicitly that's you know that's that's like we've talked uh, like uh, these themes are so common in in this book is it you have to say that thing out loud because mm. the only way to kill it is to say it out loud mm. And and to let you know, and to let others help you kill it, mm-hmm. and even so, even on the forgiveness side, it's like, forgive you for what? Because there's a sense of like the shame and the turning all happen at once when you have to, when you have to confess it. Right. right? It's like you don't you don't dwell like we don't dwell in the shame during repentance, mm-hmm. but but we have to remember like there is a little bit of shame because because Christ had to bear the shame on our behalf. Right. And, and and when you name it all, the forgiveness covers it all. Now Christ's forgiveness forgives, covers it all, but we confess our sins to Him, right? Yeah. It, when we've when we've sinned against one another, if we when we get forgiveness for that forgiveness to be full and complete, we want to ask for forgiveness for every way that we've sinned. And I think that's that's where Gandalf really comes in here. This this is where I think I started seeing the meat of this chapter is that that Gandalf draws it out, right? He says, what have you done? Pippin says, I took the ball and looked at it. True, true enough. That was wrong. He says, I saw things that frightened me, and I wanted to go away, but I couldn't. True enough. All that's true. And yet Pippin is still kind of blind to what's mm-hmm. really going on because Gandalf says sternly now, remember, sternly, mm-hmm. that won't do. What did you see, and what did you say? Mm-hmm. So Pippin now, like, this is the thing, right? The forgiveness is assured. 
Gandalf is yep. going to forgive him. There's no question about that. But but Pippin is going to have to dig deep, and he's going to have to to lay it all out. And it's something that, you know, Mary even Mary who loves Pippin more than anyone there, right? Mary mm-hmm. can't, it says he turned away. Yeah, it's very symbolic. Right? Yep. All of this stuff. It's mm-hmm. it, he doesn't even want to see it happen. It's so embarrassing, right? It's mm-hmm. so shameful. Yeah, but Gandalf yeah. is unmoved. Speak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there it goes. Right. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, yeah. I think like the Mary thing in some sense, like reminds you of Peter turning away. And it's Mm -hmm. like this sense of this, like I'm, I'm associated with him. (laughs) Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Now in, in Peter's case, like there's (laughs) like, Again, right. Like, there's no disassociation necessary. Christ never did anything shameful. Right. Um, but, but, you know, but he did things that were dangerous. But he, he did know. do things that were dangerous that, that, that made, that made enemies, you know, out of, out of people around, mm-hmm. you know, Peter's culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, Peter might have wanted to have influence with potentially. Mm-hmm. So, what did Pippin see? And here we get, I think, breadcrumb number two he says that he saw a dark sky and tall battlements and tiny stars it seemed far away and long ago yet clear then the stars went in and out they were cut off by things with wings so Mm -hmm. breadcrumb two the stars going out what's he seeing you got to remember what he's seeing right here is exactly what sauron wants him to see Mm -hmm. right sauron is in complete command of this stone at this point. Pippin is not going to see anything that Sauron does not expressly want him to see. And this is what Sauron wants him to see, is these winged things flying around, a strong fortress, and the lights Mm -hmm. being covered, right? Once again. And then then it it looks so real, and then he just understands, right? Mm -hmm. Like Sauron is in his mind. Right. (laughs) And this is some terrifying stuff, Yeah. right? Yeah. if you want, I'd like you to just read. I know we're doing a lot of that, but I think it's I how you. This is how you well, just do this chapter. Well, it's hard. I know. I was going to say it's hard not to just read these interchanges because um, there's a lot of punch in them. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. So he had said he just looked and I understood. So this is Sauron. Spe- Sauron in Pippin's mind. So you have come back. Why have you neglected to report for so long? I did not answer. And then he said, "Who are you?" I still did not answer, but it hurt me horribly, and he pressed me, so I said, A hobbit. Then suddenly he seemed to see me, and he laughed at me. It was cruel. It was like being stabbed with knives. I struggled, but he said, Wait a moment. We shall meet again soon. Tell Saruman that this dainty is not for him. I will send for it at once. Do you understand? Say just that. Then he gloated over me. I felt I was falling to pieces. No, no. I can't say any more. I don't remember anything else. And then Gandalf says, look at me. And then mm. Pippin looks in his eyes and, you know, and I think at that point, um, you know, Gandalf understands that Pippin's not lied to him, but he mm-hmm. also hasn't revealed anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Gandalf gives the exact opposite response to, to Pippin that, that Pippin had gotten from Sauron. It says very clearly that Gandalf's face grew gentler in the shadow of a smile, not a gloating smile, not a prideful smile, a smile yeah. of relief, you know, a, a friendship. Because what Sauron does here, it, it's it really is like what what does Pippin do? He gives into temptation and he just looks at the devil, essentially. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Sauron acts exactly like that. He's a he's a extraordinarily powerful kind of angelic being that can read that can penetrate minds and is full full of pride and cruelty he's a mm-hmm. deceiver he's malicious he's violent and he is just uh, you know he gloats he mm-hmm. he uh he presses on him he hurts him it says he's cruel he laughs mm-hmm. at him you know all of those things and then he does that thing that we had point out he he calls him a dainty yeah He's not even a, like he doesn't regard the Hobbit as even being a person. Yeah. He's just a dainty, just like pipeweed, right? Yep, right. Yeah, Deliver that our, cargo to me. Yeah, that's a tie back, right? And it is. I think it's you know when we discussed it last 
you know, last week, last week, um, or was it two times? Flotsam and Jetsam, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was really markedly clear. And it's funny because you had said I've remembered that line for years, and and I have too. It's it's something that stands out because it's like it's so condescending to call a person this dainty. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it's right. just the it's the reeking pride here. Like yeah. Saruman, Saruman truly was a much lesser image of Sauron. Mm-hmm. Like Saruman tried to daunt all of these guys with his voice. Sauron can just go straight into the mind mm-hmm. itself. He doesn't yeah. even have to use a voice. He goes straight in and can just. Right. I mean, he could. He just. He put him in a trance. He could have killed him. Right. You know, but he didn't yeah. want to because he wanted to take him back and torture him. Right. In his own fortress. Right. Right. Yeah. And I wrote, yeah, I wrote in large letters in my book right here, just arrogance. Mm-hmm. It's because he, it's because of his disdain for the hobbits, his total overlooking of them. He has a moment right here to, to ruin, to, to crush the, crush his enemy. Mm-hmm. He, yep. like, this is the best chance he's gotten and instead of taking advantage of it because he doesn't value his enemy here mm-hmm. because he thinks this is a lesser being and in a sense like it is a lesser being to him you know like in a hierarchical ordering way right <laughs> but not in an image bearing way mm-hmm. um but he just like he he muffs the chance because he wants to play with the toy yeah and I think it's because it's because in his turn, just like Satan did, Sauron lusts here. That, mm-hmm. that Sauron himself is overtaken and his mission is thwarted by his own insane lust. Like he he desires to fulfill his sensual pleasures and desires mm-hmm. by bringing this home, so that he can exert malicious violence and torture to to get mm-hmm. his jollies and he, he it's almost like he can't wait for this snack this dainty right this mm-hmm. this special thing that's yeah. just for him and yeah. it, it's an amazing thing like it's it, you know that's what Tolkien does it's it's beautiful i think we probably remember it because Sauron speaks and that's something that Tolkien Tolkien is so so sparing about mm-hmm. letting letting the evil ones have words because the yeah. imagination's a lot more powerful, but boy, does mm-hmm. he use it powerfully! And what is it? It's it's four paragraphs here, like four short ones, four lines. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, so Pippin's released from you know from kind of I think you'd say the spell, right? He's released from the spell of Sauron's power, mm-hmm. um, and brought back, and and you know, and then he. he he, you know, Gandalf pegs it. He says he was too eager. He did not want information only. He wanted you, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is, which is terrifying. And, and then this line <laughs> comes back it, yep. as though, as though Gandalf has been hearing everything that's <laughs> been said. He says, if you will meddle in the affairs of wizards, you must be prepared to think of such things. <laughs> but come, yeah, being, I forgive Being tortured slowly in a dark tower. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> you know. But he says, it is important. He does say, I forgive you. He says, I forgive you. Be comforted. Hmm. You know, um, and he says things have not turned out as evilly as they might. And it's, you know, it's like, would Gandalf had have forgiven him if things had been turned out more evilly? It's like, yeah, think, yeah so. I think so. You definitely yeah. would. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it does, you know, it, it, they'd have to change course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and really cool in kind of the interchange here as, as I think we flipped it Aragorn, right? Is that mm-hmm. yeah. the, the first thing, like Gandalf comes back and he tells everybody, he says, we've had a narrow escape. And the first thing Aragorn said, this is so mm-hmm. instructive, I've, right? Yes. So instructive of the good guys. The first thing Aragorn says is, how is the Hobbit Pippin? Yeah. Th- this is, he's not a dainty, yeah. right? He just gets interrogated by Sauron. And what yeah. Aragorn is worried about is Pippin. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 not he's not a dainty he's not a loose end on their quest mm-hmm. he's not a ragtag, you know, as Saruman says it's like he's no he's he's a person who's valued and cared for, mm-hmm. and and even even in the midst of the mission and this and the thing like the 
the war and the preparations and, you know, the sleight of hand to cover for Frodo. It's like that in the moment, Pippin not being, you know, uh, marred deeply by the enemy is more important to Aragorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really it's, instructive. It's kind of that Hobbit resilience that, mm-hmm. you know, Gandalf says like he's actually probably going to recover too quickly, so, <laughs> yeah. so like we we need to get the stone away from here. And, he, and so, so he yeah. asks Aragorn to take it, and he says he warns him. He says it's a dangerous charge, and then we get yeah. some just solid gold here, right? Yeah, dangerous <laughs> indeed, but not to all. <laughs> There's one who may claim it by right, and these are the these moments I think. <laughs> And so he, and I'll go ahead and finish the paragraph. For this assuredly is the Palantir of Orthanc from the treasury of Elendil, set here by the kings of Gondor. Now my hour draws near. I will take it. Hmm. And it's like these are lines. Again, not to, not to harp on the movies. That that'll that may be a next week. But there's yeah. lines like this that really frustrate you about Aragorn's arc mm-hmm. um, and misunderstanding like his like his kingship. That his kingship has been. Um, has been 100% guaranteed from the beginning of the story. And he is 100% <laughs> assured and confident of it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, like, and he does not regret the history of his heirs, of Elendil and, uh, and Isildur, right? Mm-hmm. These were great men. And, and like, he's, he's not ashamed of that. And so, like, <laughs> and it's just like, you think of this, it's you know it's like because he has a right to have the stone because he's the king because it's hit you know it is his peace then it's not it's not like in a sense it is dangerous because we know Sauron has another has the uh, has another one mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like Aragorn by birthright by lineage by discipleship has the power to to take it and use mm-hmm. it yeah i mean gandalf knows what he's doing here and mm-hmm. and Gandalf surprises them all because he he presents the stone to him by bowing down because now he is he's turned king's counselor mm-hmm. at this point and he's given this mighty heirloom to him and he gives him some counsel. He says you know, he says, Do not use it yet, be wary. And then mm-hmm. Aragorn says, When have I been hasty or unwary, who have waited and prepared for so many long years? And Gandalf says, mm-hmm. Never yet. But do not stumble at the end of the road. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, and that's there's there's such trust, right? That yes, Gandalf knows that he's delivering Aragorn a direct link to Sauron. Yes, and he knows that Aragorn is going to look at it. That's yes. why he's delivering it. There's no question about that. And he delivers a little bit of counsel, but what he doesn't say is, "Hey, wait until I've gotten past Edoras and gone to Minas Tirith." Wait till mm-hmm. I'm there before you look at. It. He doesn't do that. He he completely trusts Aragorn to use mm-hmm. it at the right time. He just gives him counsel, like be careful that it is the right time, and that's the trust. Like it, mm-hmm. the the bad guys would never do this, right. never. You know, yeah. Sauron's checking in on Saruman constantly to get reports, yeah. right? right? Like an underling, where Gandalf yeah. Gandalf is giving the stone to to its rightful owner. Essentially, mm-hmm. and telling him, "Hey, like, be just be careful with it, right?" And Aragorn's yeah. going to do as he will. Amazing yeah. stuff, yeah. But this is the mystery unveiled. Now they know how Saruman and Sauron were working together, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that kind of you know that unravels a lot of the danger and mystery that was going on, but it also gives them a lot because because it's it is it's also a powerful tool in their hand because they know now that everything Saruman has known has been given up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that, and that's, that's powerful knowledge. Yeah. Saruman is now completely thrown down mm-hmm. in the war of the ring. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he has nothing more he can do as far as that alliance is concerned. All he does mm-hmm. is actually serve to help the good guys because he's just doubt in the mind mm-hmm. of Sauron. Cause Sauron's going to find out real quick. There's no hobbits there. And he's thrown down. It's like, well, where are these hobbits? And, you know, what happened here? Because Sauron or Saruman's not going to be in any position to tell anybody either because the ants have got him on the lockdown. And right. I don't think he wants to go out on the balcony and talk to a Nazgul. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it is interesting because Air, or, uh, Gandalf said in the last chapter that he may, you know, he expected at some point a Nazgul may come to to Orthanc, and he said he may try to lure and trap him. <laughs> mm. You know, it's like, thus is the folly of Saruman. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, so then, so then we, anything else in the Aragorn no, it's just that the Aragorn thinks maybe this time for secrecy is over, and Gandalf says not yet because Sauron doesn't know this stuff, right? Yeah, like he he doesn't know what happened. We need to take advantage of this, and we need to go fast. And so yeah. now we get to the Nazgul, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> a shadow falls over him. The bright moonlight seemed to be suddenly cut off, mm-hmm. uh, so the lights are out again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then several of the riders cried out and crouched as you know. Um, they looked up and a vast winged shape passed over the moon like a black cloud. It wheeled and went north, flying at a speed greater than any wind of Middle-earth. Mm-hmm. The stars fainted before it It was gone. Yeah, so the so the Nazgul, you were going to ask me, right? What, yes, yeah. what, so up, what, what up, about... What up with the Nazgul? <laughs> I, I, think, I think they're simple to increasingly complex answers. The, the simple answer is that the Nazgul has now crossed in our, it's, it's basically flown out of the demilitarized zone, right? Which was east of the river. And so the mm-hmm. war is on, right? Yeah. That's the simple thing. And now it, it kicks everything into high gear, right? We got to go fast. The The second thing that it does is that the Nazgul is kind of showing that Sauron can move really fast and that he's obviously got his mind on Isengard, that something has bothered him there. Like he's gotten reports like he's sent, he's he's kind of risked this war by sending the Nazgul because he needs this information so much, and I think that's why in some case, like Sauron didn't even recognize that it was Pippin at first in the Palantir because he was so eager to hear from Saruman, right? Because he was he was afraid of treachery, I think. And then I think the third probably hardest answer is I think what's been going on in this chapter, and we're gonna get there as. We probably can't spend a lot of time on it, so I'll do it real fast. Like Gandalf is going to tell tell Pippin what the Palantir are, and what they are is like mighty relics of the First Age from the greatest craftsman that ever lived in the cosmos, which mm-hmm. was which was a Noldor elf named Fanor, and right. he is a central cog in the story of the Silmarillion. Which once again, read the Silmarillion. <laughs> you mu- I agree with who is it? Um, Ben and Garnet. Yeah, yeah from, uh, from Ogden at yeah. Suve's church. He says that he thinks the Silmarillion is the greatest piece of literature written in English. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I don't, I don't know that I disagree with that, but Fiener, Fiener's this great craftsman, and he, he crafts the Palantir like kind of on his, like that's kind of a practice run for him. Like that's how mighty of a craftsman he was. It's kind of a mm-hmm. lesser work of his that he wasn't even bragging about. You know, mm-hmm. these stones that can see over thousands of miles and communicate mm-hmm. Like what an incredible thing, like a piece of yeah. magic that you know maybe Fanner did it. He wasn't really right. telling anybody. No big deal. Uh-huh. So yeah, <laughs> there's this kind of idea, and as he's telling him about these stones, he starts talking about the glory of Numenor, right? Mm-hmm. That the glory of the men of Westerness, which is like the the Gondorians, and their mm-hmm. glory was manifest in these three great towers that all had. Mm-hmm the stones and these towers were minus Ithil, minus Anor and minus, and and Osgiliath. Osgiliath was the dome of the stars. Minus Anor was the tower of the sun and minus Ithil was the tower of the moon. Mm-hmm. So what's going on here is remember this thing. This it's it's so obvious with these names is that Tolkien is mm-hmm. playing with the celestial bodies are these great kings that yeah. are ruling over the whole earth. And what happens is Sauron takes over, he he destroys Minas Ithil and, and raises up into corruption, Minas Morgul, which is like the Tower of the Ghouls, or the, mm-hmm. the Dead. Tower of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the Gondorians lose their power, and they change Minas Anor, the Tower of the Sun, into a far lesser citadel that's called the Minas Tirith, which is Tower of the Guard. We're no longer yeah. ruling over everything. We're defensive now. 
And then yeah. Osgiliath is kind of contested area. And I saw this mm-hmm. like a, I know I'm going going on here, but it's trying to prove the point. We've seen the stars going out with Sauron over and over. Here again, we see the stars go out with the Nazgul, mm-hmm. and this battle, the, the battle as it stands right now is over Osgiliath. It's kind of, it's in this demilitarized zone. It's the the dome of the stars. And I think yeah. there's some things going on. One is the foreshadowing that yep. Sauron is about to take over the dome of the stars. The stars are about to go out. So yeah. we're about to hit the darkest stage of the of men where mm-hmm. there's no celestial body. There's nothing. They have none of these great Gondor towers. But on the, at the same side, there's this root, right? this withered white tree, mm-hmm. this scion white tree, and you have the scion who's been growing in the north where the other storm stones were, and that's Aragorn. So what right. Aragorn is going to do is he's going to grow up, and he, he through taking this stone as his right, is going to do battle with the one who took the stone of death out of Minas Ithil, right? Turned it into Minas Morgul. And they're going to do battle. And I think what the Nazgul is showing is that for a time, Sauron is going to be able to turn the lights out. But what he hasn't accounted for is that in all his arrogance, in all his pride, he's he's not accounted for the lowly things. He's mm-hmm. afraid of them, but he doesn't acknowledge them. And it's this king. The king is not lowly, but the king has come out of the north, and the king has come out of these like forgotten mountains. Like the other stones were at like Amon Sul, which was Weathertop. Like that was really mm-hmm. nothing. It was just mm-hmm. a hill, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where that's where the the stone is going to come from. And I think the Nazgul is showing Sauron is the Sauron is the prince of the power of the air right now, and he's turning the lights out and he's gathering his armies. But we see this theme so vividly. Forgiveness has been the theme of these last few pages, right? Like mm-hmm. the the good guys destroy the enemy with their forgiveness, with their mercy, with their mm-hmm. esteem of the lowly things. So there's a lot. Yeah. I think I could prove it all out, but I think that's really like why the Nazgul so big and bold here. We've seen hints of it, right? I think we saw yep. hints that there was like a shadow way overhead. They didn't identify it. Here it's manifest, and I think the reason why is because now Sauron, the mystery's off Sauron now. Mm-hmm. Now the good guys are in mystery right? Gandalf is hiding. Gandalf is saying, we need to take advantage of his indecision. We need to take advantage of his confusion. It's been, Mm -hmm. it's been Sauron who had been hiding, right? Right. And now he's out there and Gandalf will say later off the hand that strikes first or strikes too quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. it it goes astray, you know, and that's, and that's what he's done. They, they forced the hand kind of through, through God's sovereign will, right? right? That Pippin does this thing. Right. Which is, I know we don't, um, we're kind of running out of time. I think there were two yeah. things, but I like, I think that was one of the things that we, we talked about um, before we hit record is that, you know, that, that, that God can use these, like this is a sinful moment on Pippin's behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is a moment of repentance as well, but, but that's the, this is like the pivotal moment in the buildup to the battle against against Sauron because this moment is what causes Sauron to make his move. Mm-hmm. It also it also it creates confusion in his camp. It also casts his eye away because he knows that there's a hobbit. And again, because of his arrogance, because of his disdain for the little people, like he can't fathom that there'd be more than one of them out there working against him. Mm. And so he so like he would think for certain that this is the hobbit with the ring that he's heard about uh and and so when when aragorn will look in the stone later um and that that'll be a fun part to talk about but but it it casts further confusion because in sauron's mind the way he thinks which is only in power and destruction mm. is that aragorn is making a play on him because he's taken the hobbit and conquered the ring i mean that would be his thing and so so Pippin's sinful misstep here sets the stage for their victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because the sovereign will is not going to be thwarted even by sins. Mm-hmm. Now, should Pippin have sinned? Absolutely not. The ends do yeah. not justify the means. Right. Right. <laughs> Plus, Pippin couldn't have known that end anyway. No. So no. 
last bit, and I think we can yep. do it quick because we've set the stage for it because I went on the rampage about the stones and all that, and that's a yep. huge part of Pippin and Gandalf's talk. But I think I think I have two things with this last deal. Is basically Gandalf reveals all of the stuff about the seven stones and their origin to Pippin, and Pippin says, well, I wish I had known that. I had no idea what I was doing. Like, oh, this powerful relic. And Gandalf just calls him on his crap immediately. He's like, oh, yeah, you did. You knew exactly what you were doing. You knew you were behaving Mm -hmm. wrongly and foolishly, and you told yourself so, though you did not listen. Man, that's Mm -hmm. right on. And he says, the best way to teach you was the burned hand. After that, the advice about the fire that burned your hand goes to your heart. And Pippin says, it does. If all the seven stones were laid out before me, I would shut my eyes and put my hands in my pocket Gandalf says, good, that's what I hoped, because that's repentance. Mm-hmm. That's what that yeah. is. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Pippin keeps asking questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Gandalf goes on. I, it is an interesting note to end as a tidbit. Man, this chapter is so chock full. But as he asks these yeah. questions, he starts asking about what they're going to do. And we get this. I never caught this before. And I, I would call it Shadow Facts' supernatural speed. Mm-hmm. Is that he he reveals that they're going to go to Edoras and then it's three times that far to Minas Tirith. Basically, what they're going to do is they're going to go a hundred miles this mm-hmm. night to mm-hmm. Edoras. They hope to be there in the morning, so they're going right. to Shadowfax is going to take them a hundred miles right in a night. <laughs> right, <laughs> and it's like, man, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, like that, how like, fast is that horse running? <laughs> right. And I think that's there. On, that's there on yeah. purpose, right? Because he is. Yeah. He's he's brought up to be this like le- legendary beast, mm-hmm. and I, I thought that was kind of just a a cool nod. But yeah. that's yeah. You know, I think I think that's what I've got for three. And yeah. you know, there's other stuff. There's a million ways you could go with it, but yeah. I think I feel all right with it. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> Book three. Book three is is done. Yeah. It's. I know. I think. Um, you know, it's. it's I think we've had a good time with it. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a really big building theme that we kind of latched onto, but, but like any great story, there's, there's threads all over the place to pull on. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I know um, <clears throat> there are threads that we missed or that we didn't have time to explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's why this is, you know, besides the Silmarillion, that's why this is the greatest <laughs> literature <laughs> written right. in the English, in the English language. Yeah. It's true, and they're all they truly are all the same story, like it's just a mm-hmm. it's a so is it your turn or mine? I can't remember uh, I think it's your turn <laughs> <laughs> man, so uh, after my celestial bodies thing, like I was really fixated on that, I just couldn't wait to do it because i I thought it was right there, but that's not really a good thought to roam on i think I think I gotta stick with I'll stick with the meat and potatoes of this chapter, and I think they are. Temptation, forgiveness, repentance. But I'm going to stick with the temptation. It's, I think as a guy, so my thought to Rome with is this. <clears throat> I think as a guy, it's easier for us to peg all of these temptations is basically one thing that we get tempted by, especially when we're younger men. It's easy to think of that. You see the picture, it burns in your mind, you're tempted with lust, and you go for it. Like I think a lot of guys can relate to that story. But, but that's the way temptation works for everything whether it's to lash out at your spouse, whether it's to to lie on your taxes, whether it's to tell a story that paints you in a better light and you can feel it in the back of your mind, or whether it's to not say something that's the truth that needs to be said and you can feel that that heart rate rise, that discomfort, and then you leave after saying you feel that discomfort. This is the thing, right? We We have to be serious about killing temptation. We we cannot let it hatch. And there's a whole host of ways to do that. But I, I fear that Tolkien was so on the money that what we try to do 99% of the time is to go to sleep and think about something else. That's what we try to do, is to think about mm-hmm. something else. And it's not lost on me that his strategy was to try to go to sleep. When what we're told, we've just been in Ephesians, right? What we're told to do over and over yeah. again is wake up. Like, stop. Mm-hmm wake up and, and realize what's going on. 
And I think in this case, Tolkien gives the way. Like he was about to send up against Gandalf by taking the stone. What he should have gone was he should have done is, is gone right to Gandalf and said, "Hey Gandalf, like I want to take this stone and look at it. It's it's dominating my thoughts. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with it." And then what would happen is Gandalf would say, "Well, let's remove the temptation because sometimes mm-hmm. we're not we're not strong enough to do that ourselves." And I would say this: it's it's whatever is necessary. It's it's tell your spouse, tell your friend. If you let that conversation slide by and you gave the wrong impression, call them back immediately and tell them the truth. Don't let it fester. Because I will say, I you know what's the word? Concupiscence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I think I think those kind of temptations when they become that desire, that's sin. When when Pippin when Pippin moved into the mode where he was obsessing about the feel of the stone and look at the stone, he was sinning at that point. Mm-hmm. And it gets more grievous as it goes on, but what he should have done was realize that as the deadly enemy it was and destroy it any way he could. And that's my thought to Rome with, is that we have to be extremely serious about attacking temptation as early as we can and laying it on the table and killing it, executing it. There mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. Well darn you uh (laughs) (laughs) um that's why it's good and bad to go first uh yeah it's so i i think for me the mary and pippin interchange is is kind of like the key build it's not the climax of the chapter but it's it's the big you know it's the big ascent to the top (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and so I think I, I had the similar thing of like that, um, you know, when you feel, I think for me is like when you, you feel that whatever, that pressure, that's mm-hmm. tingling, the heart pumping, you know? So I think where I'm going to pivot with it a little bit is on the Mary side is to, I think, you know, cause Mary's jovial in the pursuit mm-hmm. is to tell the truth with, with the jovial right approach, but to not, but like to unabashedly say, you know, like, no, you should. And he's like, no, you need to deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're right. Oh, you're, you're in an anthill, then move over and mm-hmm. be still. Oh, you can't remember the last time you, uh, had a bed, then count it up on your fingers and figure <laughs> it out and go to sleep. <laughs> You know, and so I think for, you know, to, I think to go along with, with your thought to roam with is that we also, with our friends, when we see the, I think, I think when, when we can see that stirring or the whatever, that there's something that needs to be dealt with or uh, that uneasiness, I think, in a friend is to, to wade in. Cause that's what Mary mm-hmm. does. It's like he yep. sees the uneasiness with Pippin and he wades in. And then when he gets responses, you know, and Mary doesn't know that he's obfuscating, mm-hmm. but he just, he matter of factly points him in the direction of, you know, of take care of it, mm-hmm. you know, to the best of his ability. Yeah. A, a lot, uh, our walk would be a lot easier when we surround ourselves with friends who would do that. And, you know, fortunately, like, unfortunately we're fallen, but fortunately we don't have relics of a different age to have <laughs> that are too great for us to handle and yeah. and that are drawing yeah. to us mentally. <laughs> Thankfully we don't right. have that. Well, yeah. I, I, it's, it, you know, I look at it in a lot of ways as the epic conclusion of book three. Um, I'm excited about it. I don't mm-hmm. have a cliffhanger here cause it's join, no. join us again next time as we maybe smoke pipes and, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> drink whiskey and do our book three recap. Um, Hope that one's enjoyable for you. Hope this one was enjoyable. Join us again next time on the Way Lesser Inklings.